right, welcome to the program. It is Sportsnet today. Coming at you live this Wednesday from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. The Calgary Flames game day tonight in Winnipeg. Preseason game four of eight for the Calgary Flames. They're getting set to take on the Jets, who will also be their opponent on their season opening game at home on Wednesday, October 11th. So a chance to take a peek and see what uh, some members of the Jets team this season is going to look like. We'll have you covered with all things Calgary Flames today. Get you lineups deep pairing starting goaltender for preseason game number four in uh, Winnipeg here from a couple members of the Calgary Flames following practice at Winsport today we'll also take a look at the opposition Murat Atesh is going to join us he covers the Winnipeg Jets We're looking forward to that one as well plus Wednesday means another edition of Ask Andy Andy McNamara our fantasy football guru is going to join us just after 1.30, so you can start getting your questions in at 960-960, the fan feedback line. Open to you here on Sportsnet today. If you've got fantasy football questions, start, sit options, trade options, waiver wire options, and he will answer all of your questions coming up just after 1.30. But we start today on a sad note. If you've paid attention to the Calgary Flames for any period of time, you're well aware of Chris Snow, assistant GM of the Calgary Flames, and his ongoing battle with ALS. If you're on social media as well, you know that his wife, Kelsey, has shared updates, personal feelings, thoughts, everything uh, with Twitter and with the world, really, throughout Chris's battle as, I, I think, as a way of... of you know, expressing her feelings and her thoughts and also sharing with people throughout the world what ALS can do to people and, and how Chris has been fighting. And it's been it's been so inspirational for so long. And unfortunately, Kelsey uh, shared a pretty heartbreaking update today. This is from at Kelsey Writes on Twitter. This is Kelsey Snow, Chris Snow's wife. Uh, quote, with a shattered heart, I've come to share that yesterday Chris became unresponsive and went into cardiac arrest. Paramedics and doctors were able to get his heart beating again, but devastatingly, a scan showed Chris has suffered a catastrophic brain injury caused by lack of oxygen. His doctors do not expect him to wake up from this. My chest feels cracked open and hollowed out. Chris is the most beautiful, brilliant person I'll ever know, and doing life without him feels untenable. Hug your people. Uh, our, everyone here at Sportsnet 960, myself, everybody, want to make sure that we're sending our, our, our thoughts and our condolences to Kelsey and, and the Snow family. It's, it's bigger than hockey. It's bigger than being an assistant GM of the Flames. Chris has been uh, just an inspirational person to watch for for years and took on a newer, bigger role uh, with Craig Conroy being named this team's GM and 
for him to to continue this battle with ALS while still being a father and a husband and an important member of the Calgary Flames hockey staff is just it really has been short nothing short of inspirational and you can find so many examples of of Chris and Kelsey being so open about it and sharing their story with everybody and to hear that news today it, it was a gut punch it still is a gut punch there's there's no words that I can say that makes it any better for Kelsey or the Snow family but uh, I hope they know that a lot of people are thinking about them and are so thankful that they took us on this journey with them they never needed to they never had to but so many people are better off knowing how Chris fought and how his family came together throughout this incredible battle. So again, our our thoughts are with Kelsey Snow today and the entire Snow family. There is a hockey game to be played and there is hockey news and sports news to get to. There's no easy way to get to that, but this is by far uh, the most important news floating around today. And that's where I wanted to start the show with. So once again, uh, Kelsey, I know you're not listening. You got better things to be doing today with your family, but uh, know that we're thinking about you and your family uh, during this really difficult time. Uh, again, no easy way to move on from this, but we will. It is a Calgary Flames game day. They are in Winnipeg and set to take on the Jets. It's preseason game four of eight, and perhaps we were looking at this as another opportunity for Jacob Peltier to make an impression on the Calgary Flames brass during an important training camp for him. Unfortunately, the news for Jacob is not good. This was from the Calgary Flames about two hours ago. Jacob Pelche sustained an injury to his left shoulder in the preseason that will require surgery next week. He is out indefinitely. That is incredibly unfortunate news for Jacob and for the Calgary Flames. After getting a taste of the NHL last year, You know, whether or not he was given a full chance by the coach last year, I thought he had earned more opportunities. And I think he kept such a great attitude about it. He's clearly well-liked by his teammates. They always talk about the energy he brings. We know about his goal celebrations, his relationship with Jonathan Huberto, all of those things. And it just sucks that Jacob Pelche so soon into his first preseason game uh, this season, now has to deal with shoulder surgery and an indefinite timeline before he comes back. So hopefully it's not too long for Jacob. Again, an indefinite timeline would probably tell you that we're talking into the regular season, at least before we see Jacob. But man, it's just, it's too bad for a guy that I was really excited to see take on a full-time role for the Calgary Flames this season. And now he's going to be on the sidelines watching for the indefinite period of time. Does open the door for a couple of other players in this Flames organization. There were some youngsters, obviously, that Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska were going to look at and see if they were ready for full-time NHL roles. We're going to get a bigger chance now because one of the front runners, probably along with Coronado and Dewar, to get NHL time this year is now out indefinitely. Jacob Pelche came with, you know, more NHL experience than a Matt Coronado even. So somebody's going to have to step up and take that role. Someone's going to have to step up 
provide some energy for this team. And I'm curious as to who that might be for the Calgary Flames. As far as tonight's lineup goes, this courtesy of our pal Pat Steinberg, the host of Flames Talk here on Sportsnet 960. Your projected lines and pairings for tonight's game in Winnipeg. How about this top line going to uh, to Winnipeg tonight? Manjapani, Ruzichka, Coronado. You have Pospisil, Zeri, Dewar, Honzik, Schwint, Klapka, Hunt, Rooney, and Siona on defense. Nikita Zadorov paired up with Mackenzie Weger, Jordan Osterley, Asperot, Solovyov, and D. Simone. Well, Dustin Wolf gets the start in Winnipeg. Oscar Dansk will be his backup. That first line, Manjapani, Ruzichka, Coronado going to Winnipeg tonight. What an interesting threesome that is. I've I've maintained throughout this entire time that this is a big training camp in my mind for Adam Ruzichka. And I can't help now that with, with this injury news to Jacob Pelche think... Okay, there's another potential spot opening. Can 63 show us something and, you know, push through this and really make a spot, make a case for being a regular for the Calgary Flames? Well, well, here's an opportunity right down the middle with two guys that look like they're going to be on the opening night roster. Manjapani and Coronado on his wings. I think this is a big night for Adam Ruzichka. Uh, I'm interested in that Pospisil, Dewar, Zeri combination as well. Another chance to see Sam Honzik tonight on a line with Cole Schwint and Adam Klapka. Klapka's made a very strong impression on a lot of people early through uh, training camp. And uh, interestingly enough, Makita Zadorov and Mackenzie Weger, they're your veteran D pairing heading into tonight's game in Winnipeg. And yes, we uh, recently went through uh, the Mackenzie Weger story on Monday. Uh, of course, he missed the majority of the game against the Seattle Kraken uh, due to a game misconduct. Uh, came with the title after the game of abusive officials. Uh, McKenzie spoke to the media today at Winsport following morning skate uh, to talk about tonight's game, the opportunity ahead of him, and uh, to clarify uh, a bit of what happened in the game against the Seattle Kraken. Here's McKenzie Weger earlier on from Winsport on this Wednesday. What the heck happened the other night? Oh, with, like with Chris? Chris Lee, yeah, just uh, emotions were a little too high for that game. And, um, you know, I'll see him tonight and uh, give him an apology. But, you know, that wasn't, uh, you know, a representation of my character or, you know, the team's character for that matter. And, um, you know, hopefully we can move past it. I'll be on my best behavior going forward. And, um, you know, I just got a little too fiery and my emotions were just a little too high. It was an exhibition game. I don't really know why I was so high. But, um, you know, I got to keep, keep that, you know, that compete factor and that you know the energy high but not at the referees for sure it's a part of the game that i don't think a lot of people maybe understand but it sounds like you're eager to see him tonight and just set it straight a little yeah absolutely yeah. I, you know an apology will you know go go a long way for chris i'm sure and um you know i want to do it um you know i, I believe i own him i owe him an apology so um you know i don't know how he'll react i'm sure he'll take it and um we can move forward from that for sure there's a lot of talk about Michael and his longevity over here. Mm. Just like what leadership maybe have you seen out of him or like what's a concrete kind of thing that you've seen that's like that, that guy's a leader on this team? Like what, what's he's like that we all see? Yeah, you know, he's he's just a talkative guy in the, in the room. I mean, he was the first guy to come up to me after the game and give me shit for, you know, 
you know, speaking or getting kicked out of the game. So, um, you know, that's great leadership there. I needed that. And, um, you know, he does a lot of things behind the scenes that nobody really gets to see with the young guys, you know, with the older guys. He sets a lot of things up, you know, talks to the coaches a lot and the GMs, um, you know, and just gets everybody ready to go for games to make sure everybody's, you know, on the same page and make sure everybody's aligned outside the rank, working hard and uh, keeping everybody in track. I know you're, you're kind of being hard on yourself too a little bit, but is that you know maybe just part of your competitiveness too? That exhibition or not, it doesn't really matter. That when you're when you're lacing them up, it kind of goes goes to one tier. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think I was. I haven't played a game in a long time. Uh, you know, I'm a fiery guy, but I think I just, you know, I directed it in the wrong way. Uh, I shouldn't have directed it towards the referees. I should have, you know, if anything, um, you know, directed it towards myself or, um, you know, played better on the ice or. Uh, stuff like that but yeah just a competitive guy but um, it just got away from me and um, you know I won't it won't happen again to put a little bit more uh, importance on tonight because you're still trying to ramp yourself up and you didn't get that opportunity the way you wanted on Monday yeah I get you know I I guess the only positive I could take away would be my my fresh legs and my fresh body after not playing too much so um, you know, I want to get back into it. You know, me and Z, I think, need to work on some chemistry still. Um, you know, working on that D zone and, and just getting out there and playing a full game, full 60 minutes, and, uh, you know, using that competitiveness towards the game. Williams defenseman Mackenzie Weger addressing the media at Windsport, starting off by uh, discussing what happened in that preseason game. Monday, the Scotiabank Saddledome. Motion's got the best of him. He's going to offer uh, Chris Lee an apology. And uh, good to hear that his teammates were holding him accountable uh, for something like that. It was a preseason game. And I think as McKenzie pretty well put it, there's just no reason to get it to that level during a preseason game. And he clearly uh, is aware of that and it took full responsibility for his actions. And uh, I think we'll see a much better uh, version of Mackenzie Weger tonight, especially any young guys that, you know, put in a tough position, all those sort of things. Mackenzie's clearly aware of all of that, and uh, we'll see a better version of him tonight in Winnipeg on that pairing with Nikita Zadorov. Mentioned Adam Rizicka. He's centering that top line with Andrew Mangiapane and Matt Coronado. Big opportunity for him tonight in Winnipeg. He also spoke earlier today following morning skate. Maybe if we could just, because we didn't get a chance to see everything firsthand, how did... Uh... Seattle go from your perspective and uh, what'd you well, feel? We won the game, right? So yeah, uh, feeling good and uh, going to the next one with a, with a great feeling and the team effort. Uh, it, by all accounts, it sounds like uh, you know real team effort. Is that, is that how you describe it? Everybody contributing? Yeah, I think so. Everybody brought their A game and uh, we ended up winning in the, in the shootout, so uh, it's been fortunate. What about for you personally? What uh, what felt good? What, uh, what areas you kind of still need to work on? I feel good overall. I had a good summer, so I'm, I'm ready for, for this next jump in my career. And uh, I just we need to be consistent. What have uh, coaches told you that you need to, to sort of work on to, to get a regular roster spot here? Consistency mainly. Just bring your bring your best game every night and uh, try to do your best. If it's not going well, then just work hard. Do you, do you, and Conroy says a bunch that there are opportunities for young players. So do you look at this training yeah. camp as perhaps the doors more open maybe, than maybe it's been in the past? Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of chances right now. Coach is giving it to me right now. So uh, I just got to take it and uh, do my best in the games and uh, take every chance I get. 
What, I mean, uh, what do you mean like is? today when you're traveling and obviously physically you have to manage your energy, yeah. manage your body. What does that look like for you in terms of the things that you try to do to help make sure that you feel good on the ice tonight? Well, it's a different kind of day, right? I'm used to going to the games the day before and uh, it's all different kinds of perspective. But um, uh, just uh, maintain my energy and uh, eat well and just prepare as, as well as I can. It's a, it's a two-hour flight, so uh, just got to be ready and just hop off the plane and get moving. What uh, what made this summer good for you and, uh, and and a really good preparation for this year? Well, it's been a long summer, right? So uh, I had a lot of time to practice, take some time off physically and mentally. So uh, I think I'm ready in both aspects. And uh, yeah, as I said, it's been a long summer. Adam Rosicka following morning skate at Windsport on Wednesday. That big question out of the, that one for me and, and the, the answer that Adam gave, what are the coaching he's looking for out of you to, to be a full-time NHLer? Consistency. It really is, in my mind, the only thing holding Adam Rosicka back from being a full-time NHLer. When he is engaged, when he's dialed in, he's got all the tools to be an NHL player already. But that varies sometimes from shift to shift, from game to game. And if coaches can't trust you to bring your best more times than not, then you're just not going to get that opportunity. And I think Adam's well aware of that. I think the coaches who have been around here for a long time and, and have been with Adam in the system know that as well. It's it's really the again I, I he's got the shot I think he's got the frame the skating all of it because when he puts it together you can really see a guy that makes an impact on the ice it's just it's not there consistently enough and tonight's going to be a big opportunity for him I, I I can't stress enough with this Pelche injury news that somebody's going to get an opportunity to step up here and play some really important minutes for the Calgary Flames. It should be Adam Rzichka. He's been around as long as most of these prospects, if not longer, had NHL opportunities, had coaches to, you know, give him that that lesson that he needs or the words of advice and encouragement for what he needs to do. It's time to put it all together if you're Adam Rzichka and take advantage of this opportunity in front of you. Tonight's going to go a long way, I think, to seeing if he has taken a step forward when it comes to the consistency in his game. Uh, last flame that we'll hear from training camp continues for first round pick Sam Honzik. His teammate Jaden Lipinski returned to junior uh, as part of the Flames cuts on Tuesday, but Honzik remains with the organization right now and will play tonight in Winnipeg. He's going to play on a line with Cole Schwint and Adam Klapka. So eyes will be on the Flames first round pick once again as he looks to continue into training camp with the Calgary Flames. Here he is speaking to the media at Winsport. Just same, same as uh, just kind of asked uh, Adam, how did how did it feel uh, in Seattle, and uh, what was your big takeaway? I think it was really good first game in Big Boys. I would say, uh, you know, well, it was a big crowd there, so I really enjoyed it, and I was happy to play there. And I think uh, it was lots of good stuff I can build on and uh, moving forward and and get ready for a winning pack. It's kind of that next step in the progression. Obviously, Penticton was a first, and then to play a first exhibition game, how did you find the pace? What did you feel? 
I think in Penticton, honestly, it was kind of like shock for me the first game. But I think every game, every game, I got better, and I think uh, I was always adding something more in my in my game. And I think uh, just getting better, you know, trying to focus on the practice, do the details, and uh, especially what coaches will tell told us in the locker room. So uh, I would say that's the part I'm most focusing. You know, do the system things good and in the right way. Did you sense kind of a level of comfort improve as that game went on too the other night? Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, more comfortable. Like I played with Dupes and Pospi, so it was really good players. So I think we use our speed and create more good offense. So I was happy. What did you uh, What did you find playing with um, with those guys specifically? What uh, just develop any chemistry there? In a uh, I think it was really really nice to play with them. You know, uh, Dupes like an NHL guy, so like he's smart. He he knows what do right things and I think uh, I tried to help him create some scoring chances for him and I think uh, you know he helped me a lot he was he was talking to me a lot during the game and with the pass bits slow guy so there's chemistry already uh, on the ice and also off the ice so that's good you guys have any history uh, prior to prior to camp uh, not really just I first time I met him was here yeah. and you know had a couple dinners at his place and then outfit also with uh, Rosie so that was good have you, uh, it's your first camp, it's your first NHL camp, have you found it uh, difficult to, you know, not put too much pressure on yourself and just go out there and make sure you play your game? Uh, I think, uh, I think uh, it was a little bit harder from the beginning, you know, but I think, you know, after a couple of practices, uh, I used to it and I think uh, the piece was kind of like quicker, so that's what I find most and, you know, the mostly basically whole practice is going really quick, so and it's really strong and focus on the details. So uh, I was focusing on those details, doing it in the right way and, you know, be just myself. When you look at your game on Monday night as a player and you're evaluating your play and you want to make adjustments going into tonight, what what do those adjustments look like for you personally? Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, I have different linemates, so uh, it will be a little bit change my game. But I think, you know, do my right things like uh, be responsible in these, uh, the zone and, you know, be strong in the puck and skate with the puck because that's what I'm doing best. And I think, you know, in Monday's game, I use it and it went pretty, qu- uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, Dubs has really good scoring chance there. So I think it's working and, you know, just be confident and play game and just, just like you said, uh, move my game to another level and, you know, just got every day get better. There you go. Flames forward, Sam Honzik. He'll be on a line with uh, Adam Klapka and Cole Schwint tonight in Winnipeg. Six o'clock puck drop from uh, Winnipeg. That means five o'clock Flames pregame with the one and only Pat Steinberg before Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills bring you the Flames and the Jets right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan will take a look at the Winnipeg Jets with Murat Atesh. She is the uh, Jets writer for The Athletic coming up in hour two, so stay tuned for that. But on the other side, get your questions in. It's another week of NFL football starting on Thursday. Ask Andy is coming up next with our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara. You can start sending your questions in to 960-960. We're talking all things fantasy football next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, NFL week kicks off on Thursday night with the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Sunday night football, it's the Chiefs and the Jets. Try to get excited about that one. And then your Monday night are the Seahawks at the Giants. Looking forward to another busy week of NFL football kicking off tomorrow. And as we get closer to another NFL week, it's time to help you out in the leagues that you love. 
some fantasy football advice. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline welcoming our Wednesday regular on the show. We say hello to Andy McNamara. AMC, how are you, pal? I'm doing good, Logan. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, wishing that we could flex some primetime games this week already, but uh, that's yeah. all right. I think Bills, Dolphins yeah. might do a little better on Sunday night than Chiefs, Jets, but <laughs> who am I to make these decisions? Yeah, indeed. Right. This is the time. And I thought there was supposed to be more flexibility this year. So, yeah, you got to move that, man. That's that's a terrible game. We know why it was put there originally, because it would be Aaron Rodgers versus Pat Mahomes. But, yeah, now it's, it's Zach Wilson. That's that's going to be terrible. It's going to be ratings poison. Yeah, not great. Um, not anything fantasy football related, but how badly do you think the Jets need to get something figured out of that quarterback position? Zach Wilson just doesn't seem like he's the guy. No, and bringing in Trevor Simeon isn't the answer either. This season's done. It's over. Like, if you wanted to try to be serious, you would try trading for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Right? Because at least Kirk Cousins, like, the guy might not win that much, but he puts a, he always played quarterback at a, at a relatively high level. Like, Zach Wilson sucks. He's, we all know this. Joe Namath said it on, on NFL Network. He's not good. We know, we've seen enough of Zach Wilson. He's not a good quarterback. I said he wasn't going to be a good quarterback when he came out. And he hasn't. And Trevor Simeon is a floating journeyman. Like, you're not going to get any better. This, for fantasy football purposes, Logan, this really, really hurts uh, Garrett Wilson. And just the whole, any any jet you're holding, this, this really stinks. Yeah, adding Dalvin Cook to a mixed backfield already. And now yeah. it just seems to be a, a big mess of things in New York. But uh, yeah. that's what they were used to before Aaron Rodgers showed up. So why would it be any different now? Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> Andy, we saw one of the biggest offensive explosions in NFL history last oh week. My. The Miami Dolphins went off. Obviously, if your uh, waiver wires went through today, odds are the Miami running backs were a popular spot. But how do you look at that situation going forward, Andy, knowing that uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. is a guy that's on IR and is expected to be back in a couple of weeks? And it's not usual we see such you know massive production from multiple running backs in the same uh, on the same team, I should say. Right. And I think what we all have to do is realize that that 70 point outburst burst while historic and a lot of fun uh, is, is a one-off obviously. And that means also the production at running back. You're not going to be having multiple Al Bundy, four touchdowns in one game uh, performances that often. Right. So it's, it's like, okay, that's great. That was a, a fun game to watch. What does it mean fantasy football-wise? I think you kind of take it along the same stride as, let's say, the New York Giants getting shut out 40-zip in the opening. It's not going to happen consistently. So, at running back, it's still a mixed bag. Now, Shane is certainly, if I was to pick one to own, it would be him for the long term, like Dynasty, absolutely. Mostert's older. And maybe we see him gradually take more snaps as the year goes on. But let's make no mistake about it. This is still a committee in Miami in that backfield. Uh, has Tua solidified himself as a, a top 10, top five fantasy option uh, when healthy in your mind, Andy? When healthy. Yes, yeah. for sure. For sure. And, and he was a uh, one to own in, in the start every week last year when he was playing. The question is, can he, and that's where I'm hesitating to crown the dolphins because throughout college, Throughout the pros, he's never been able to stay healthy for a full season, and it keeps getting worse. We're not forgetting last season, right? Like, you're playing a Bills team. That's a division opponent. You're one bad hit away from him being out for a long time or maybe 
all the time. So I, I guess can't really shake that. But hey, you know what? Until hopefully it doesn't happen, but until it does, keep riding the wave. Tua, like, I'll, there's so many dolphins you can play. It's it's really yeah. fun. Uh, get your questions in. I see them already uh, starting to stream in at nine six zero nine six zero. If you have fantasy football questions for Andy McNamara, ask Andy's coming up in just a few moments. Time start sit options. Uh, if you've got waiver questions, trades, anything uh, that you want to send through nine six zero nine six zero. Now is the time to do so. Andy, uh, got to ask you about the situation in Chicago. Justin Fields was drafted after a breakout season. Uh, last year, pretty high in most fantasy leagues. It's been a pretty bad start to the year for him and the Bears offensively. What do you make of uh, of the situation in Chicago, and do you still have faith that Justin Fields can turn it around? Well, Logan, let's not forget, we were talking on this program before the fantasy football drafts in the summer, and I was saying, like, look where people are drafting Justin Fields ahead of Justin Herbert, some as high as four. I said, it's too soon. Like it's, it's not, he got marginally better talent around him, but there's still a long way to go. And people were crowning the bears and it just confused me. And it turns out that, you know, looks, looks like we're right. At least through three weeks. Um, he's questioning coaches. He's, he's just all over the place. Great. I, I loved him coming out of Ohio state. And it, it really is depending where you end up, right? So situational. Can he be fixed? Can he go somewhere else? Like maybe this is that weird point because if the Bears continue and bottom out, they're drafting another quarterback because they have Carolina's pick too. Don't forget, right? So that, yep. in in trading that, so they can get whoever the top QB is going to be, and Justin Fields is either going to be in a you know quote unquote competition and lose, or be traded or cut or or slink away and try to rebuild himself. He's got a long way to go. The tools are there, but yeah, fantasy wise, boy. Um, I'm sure he will get like the odd one or two throughout the year pop off where he runs a lot or something, but yeah, this doesn't look good. Uh, different situation for the Houston Texans who I don't know mm-hmm. if they were an easy team to predict going into this season. CJ Stroud uh, has looked really good. They've got some young receivers popping off. Who do you like in that Houston offense right now, Andy? Yeah. Well, that's CJ Stroud, another Buckeye. And yep. this is where I feel we're seeing a, maybe a further along where CJ Stroud is uh, in the professional game than Justin Fields was. And I kind of felt that even in college a little bit too. Like it certainly wasn't a, you know, a, a polished still has to work on some stuff, but just his style, his movement, the way he had to overcome from day one in Ohio state um, and, and had some tough performances and, and really worked through it. I thought this guy seems more pro ready than a Justin Fields. And lo and behold, outside of week one against Indianapolis, upsetting Jacksonville eliminated quite a few people from a survivor pool, including myself. I thought it'd be, I thought the Jags would beat them. Um, but, look, but look at Stroud, like Logan, look, no turnovers through three weeks for a rookie. Yep. Uh, significant running, but not running too much. And he's finding his receivers and the main one, not Nico Collins, but tank Dell. And that's the guy I picked up last week off of, waivers as they kind of wait and see i don't want to play them this week because they're playing the steelers and that defense is a bit nasty but after that you got atlanta new orleans the buys and carolina that's going to be a sweet stretch where you could look to stack cj stroud and tank dell so if you're looking for qb or wide receiver help get one or both uh keep the questions coming nine six zero nine six zero ask andy coming up in just a few moments time we're going to hit on a couple of other general topics for fantasy football to try to help out as 
many people as we can, but we'll get to your specific questions coming up in just a few moments here. Uh, Andy, Alvin Kamara is back from a three-game suspension. Uh, he's got the Bucks coming up on week four. What are you feeling about the uh, backfield situation in New Orleans now that Kamara's back? Well, and we throw in now that Jameis Winston's at quarterback. Yes. Right? So that New Orleans situation, it's it's really messy. Like, I I don't love it because you have Con- uh, Kendry Miller, who you're going to want to sprinkle in a bit more. Tony Jones Jr. will slide back down the depth chart to three. If you have him, don't dump him. Yeah, but hold on to him just as a stash. Kendry Miller's going to mix in there. And I think it's going to be a bit of an odd game. Like, what Jameis Winston are we seeing, right? Is he going to air it out like years past or like the last time we saw him, we used dink and dunking and it was, it was kind of strange. Um, you know, division rival, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I'm, if you have Cal Alvin Kamara and you need to start a running back, you do it. He's probably going to be on a pitch count. I just don't love a lot outside of Chris Olave in that saints offense this week. Uh, and last one, before we get to ask Andy, there's been a lot of people uh, talking about Joe Burrow and his mm-hmm. calf injury and the impact that maybe it's had on some of those weapons in uh, Cincinnati this year. Andy, how are you feeling if you're a, a Joe Burrow owner right now? Are you looking for some backup options out there just in case this doesn't go good for him injury-wise? Absolutely. And that's where you go get yourself um, someone like a C.J. Uh, Stroud, uh, who I believe now before, I haven't looked post-waiver, but yesterday he was only rostered in 21% of most leagues. So even if you don't plan on starting him, if he's there, grab him because otherwise, and Jordan Love, 69% rostered. So he, he might, he, he probably has gone, but might be worth a look. One or both of those guys, if you are a Joe Burrow owner, get a backup. Because like Logan, aren't you kind of getting the feel that this calf injury is going to be a thing all year? Like, yeah. I just don't see those type of things just don't heal midseason. He has to keep going. So despite saying all of that, um, you look at his fantasy production. Uh, just under 20, 19.83, 20.17, 18.22 fantasy points. Not in the 25 range, but certainly not terrible. Uh, you just really want to, and you're playing Tennessee, who, Logan, I was in Cleveland this past week, and let me tell you, man, whoo, boy, those Titans, <laughs> terrible. Browns put the boots to them. That defense, everything is, is sloppy. So this actually could be a decent uh, fantasy game for Burrow and the Bengals. Uh, all right, we got plenty of questions to get to. Uh, it's time for my favorite part of the week. Uh, Cam, you can hit it's time for Ask Andy. You've got fantasy questions. He has fantasy answers. Helping you week by week in the leagues you love. It's time for Ask Andy on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, AMC, week four among uh, upon us here. You ready to go? Let's go. Let's do it. All right, text line. Here we go. Let's start this off. Half PPR. Uh, Madison or Josh Palmer? That one from Scott and Lethbridge. Uh, I'm going to say Josh Palmer because of that Mike Williams ACL injury. Again, you know, we advise people you draft Mike Williams at your own risk. Unfortunately, injured again. And it's it's going to be right now. I put it this way. Josh Palmer, um, about 7% ownership before waivers last week. Quentin Johnson, about 33%. Johnson has the higher ceiling. Palmer at least immediately gives you the safer floor because He's already been mixed in, um, and he had his targets jumped from five to seven week over week, caught a touchdown. So there's going to be some mixing and matching for those that target share with Williams, but Palmer's the better bet. Uh, Andy, this uh, texture has a depth at running back and is wondering who out of these running backs they might look to move to either solidify a quarterback or wide receiver position. So I'm going to give you these running backs. Tell me who you would look to move. 
Okay. Uh, Mixon, Ramondre Stevenson, James Cook, or Gus Edwards? Oh, I'd look. To, well, the thing is, you can look to move Gus Edwards. I don't think you're going to get much for him. Yeah. I'd move Gus Edwards for sure. But you're not going to get anything of note. Um, out of the ones there, I'd probably say maybe Ramondre Stevenson. Um, just because of the, it's always a little uncertain. I know Zeke hasn't really done that much in uh, New England, but um, man, that that Patriots offense is just so boring and ineffective. Uh, I'd say, you know, you can maybe maybe you throw them both into the mix to try to get something better. But uh, I don't think you get much for Edwards. You might be able to sneak something out for Stevenson. But look on the waiver wire now. If you can get, you might be able to get C.J. Stroud or Jordan Love for free. Uh, okay. I got a couple here. Uh, two of these three, Andy, uh, scary, Terry Sutton or Mike Thomas. Let's take Thomas out, uh, with, with Winston. I don't know what we're going to get in new Orleans this week. Uh, another two of three here, Ridley Godwin Dell. Mm. See, if we're after this week, I'm putting Dell, I'm putting Dell. but against Pittsburgh. Oh, that offense is a little nasty against a rookie QB. Godwin is going to give you this year. He's been showing like low double digits, 10 to 12. Um, so it's a bit of a, you know, we're definitely going Ridley, but it's a bit of a roll of the dice. Okay. Depends where your risk reward uh, antennas are at. Yeah. If you want to be super safe, you can go Godwin, but realize he's going to get you 10 to 12 points. You can roll the dice with Dell and maybe he pops like he has the last couple weeks, but the Pittsburgh defense could easily eat up CJ Stroud as a rookie and he, him not get much. So I think he's Dell's more boomer bust safer is Godwin, but definitely Ridley. Uh, another one was Sutton Sutton or Cooper. Oh, uh, go Amari Cooper, man. Yep. Holy boy. Deshaun Watson looks his way early and often. And remember the Baltimore Ravens last week were missing seven starters or kind of those high end rotation guys. And there, that defense is banged up. And Cooper, one of the best route runners, relatively healthy. Deshaun Watson looks his way early and up, uh, often. Definitely Cooper. Uh, rate this trade, Waller and Puka for Metcalf and Laporta in a half PPR. Who wins that deal? Oh, see, it's the, like, we have to, like, for Puka, it's an amazing story and he's done incredible, but it could easily just fall away. Yeah. Right? Like, just vanish and we wouldn't even know what happened because we didn't see it coming. Okay. So it's Puka, Puka and who? Uh, Waller for Metcalf and Laporta in a half PPR league. Boy, you know what? That's not a bad deal both ways. I, it's kind of rare where you see the deals are, are okay. Yeah. Um, I think the, I think the, the Puka one wins it as of now with the caveat that it could go away. I love Laporta though. I'll tell you. So it really depends. Do you need a tight, like where, I guess uh, if you get Waller and, and the, the tight end stuff, because Laporte has really worked in. I think he's going to have a big game this week. Um, Puka side, I think slightly wins, but it's, I think it's a pretty fair deal. Uh, let's go to uh, Aaron from Calgary, Alvin Kamara or Deandre Swift this week. Swift is rolling, man. Uh, and, and look, we don't know what we're going to see out of Alvin Kamara week one back. Right? Is he going to be used all the time, worked in slowly some of the time? How effective with Winston at quarterback? Um, we've seen the last two weeks, DeAndre Swift, even though it's a committee, even though uh, uh, Jalen Hurts runs first, um, Swift is holding his own. So I think we go with uh, DeAndre. Uh, Adam Thielen, Andy, what are the chances he has another good week? I need a flex guy due to injuries. Mm, yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, 
it's always tricky with age, right? Like, what are we, what are we looking at for Adam Thielen? I'd say chances, like, I, I don't like the chances, I guess is, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I'd say, you know what, if, if they have yeah, at Andy MC 81 on X Twitter, send me some of your waiver options. Let's take, let's take a look. Is there a tank Dell there? Um, is Tutu Atwell hanging around still? He'd be, you know, higher owned now, but still is Josh Palmer there? You know, something like that. Let's take a look at some options. Uh, Harold and Diamond Valley, Tua or Herbert this week? I'm, t- I'm not going against Tua. This guy put up 70 <laughs> points. Put up 70 points. What do we think? Come on. Right? But, but look, you're not losing. It's like Justin Herbert, hello. Justin Herbert's been putting up massive numbers too. Yep. But I'm not going, even if it's a division rival against the Bills, uh, I'm going to err on the side of playing Tua until he doesn't play. <laughs> Uh, three running back situation here, or sorry, four running backs here to choose from Andy Mixon, Ford, Mostert, or Pacheco. Who do you sit? Pacheco. Pacheco. Sit Pacheco. Yeah. Sit Pacheco. What's going on with that Kansas city backfield right now? I'm as a guy that's got McKinnon in a couple of leagues. No. I, I can't feel like I, I can play him most week. He seems like a receiving option. Edwards and Lair got the most carries last week. I'm kind of confused I about know. what's happening there. It's too bizarre. Like McKinnon is going to be a guy you will, if you start McKinnon, you're always chasing, right? So you'd want to start him this week. And guess what? He's going to do nothing. Yeah. Weeks one and two, two fantasy points, 5.2 fantasy points and at minus two rushing yards. And then he catches two touchdowns. So you're, you're, you're chasing, you're guessing, you're hoping with McKinnon. Um, it's still, I'd say that the best option fantasy wise, if you have to start one, it's still Pacheco, but then you're right. You look, Clyde Edwards-Alaire randomly had the most touches. Okay. Like, really, if you're not named Mahomes or Kelsey, everything else on that Chiefs offense, fantasy-wise, is, is a crapshoot. Uh, Andy, half-point PPR, Josh Palmer or DeAndre Hopkins? Palmer. I, I'm telling you this, okay? That Titans offense is washed. It's yeah. done. I say, And, again, I'll say I saw it in person. The offensive line, they had, have four new offensive linemen this year. And last week they had two backups in, and that might be again this week. Tannehill has no time to throw. Derrick Henry is just seeming like a shell of his former self. I think a large part due to that offensive line. Um, I don't know if Tannehill is going to have enough time to get the ball out to DeAndre Hopkins. Last he did nothing. So yeah, no. I, I, I'm unless Derrick Henry because you drafted him high. I don't really want any Titans. Uh, let's get some wide receiver looks here, Andy. Kirk, Thomas, Tank Dell, or Tyler Lockett this week? Give me two of those. Give me Kirk. Yeah. Um, after a bad week, I was, I was pretty upset about week one, but he's bounced back very nicely. So we're going to go with Kirk. Um, then who, we had Tank Dell and... Michael Thomas and Tyler Lockett. Oh, man. I don't trust Michael Thomas. I just don't. So I'll, I'll, go, I'll go Lockett. And no, you know what? I'm going to go Tank Dell. Okay. Just because I think, again, his upside is higher than what Lockett can potentially bring. But, man, it's against, oh, boy. Like, Lockett got you three fantasy points, 25, and then eight. So I think even if the Steelers' defense is tough, I think Tank Dell probably out of that grouping gives you the better option. I just don't, don't like that matchup against the Steelers' defense. But go, in this case, go Dell. Uh, any last second questions? Get them in at 960-960. Ask Andy underway. You're on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Andy, I'm trying to sell high on a Dolphins running back, Devon and Chain. If I get David Montgomery in return, am I doing okay? Or do I stick with the Finns running back? Hmm. 
Boy, that lie. <sighs> That Lions backfield is is tough. Gibbs isn't doing what he's supposed to. Montgomery was banged up a little bit, up and down. You know what? I think I probably who does he have in the for Miami backfield? A chain. Yeah, you know what? Stay with A chain. Yeah, look, you, you're going to have split weeks, okay? But you're going to have that with Montgomery either. I'd rather take a guy. You know, we have to look at it this way: in the pecking order based on draft capital, you'd have to think they're going to continue to grow Gibbs's work share. That's where the investment is. Okay, and Montgomery should be pushed down. Um, and then you look at Miami. A Shane drafted. Most are older. So as the year goes on, it should kind of flip a little bit. Still going to be a committee in both spots, but a Shane gives you the higher upside. Uh, and I need your thoughts on this trade. Justin Herbert and Chuba Hubbard for Trevor Lawrence, Pacheco, and Hunter Henry. Who do you give the win to? Oh, the first one. The first part. It was It was who was... Uh, Herbert and, uh, and Chuba for Lawrence, Pacheco, and Henry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Herbert Herbert is is a stud. Um, now, Trevor Lawrence, bad bad loss, bad game. Um, I just think you go you have a, a, a much higher quarterback ceiling there. Now, Hubbard isn't going to give you much, but are the other guys? Yeah, not really. Like Hunter Henry, again, I, like he's flashed in New England, but that could easily you still have Gasecki there, and he was a starter in Miami, so you still have those ifs and those questions in that tight end committee there in new England. So I think the, uh, uh, the Justin Herbert one wins, uh, last couple ones here, DJ Chark or Drake London PPR league. Mm, I'm going to say shark because I really like what Andy Dalton did last week. Um, you have sort of that just like veteran presence, right? Like already Bryce young is her based on his size. And that's what we predicted would happen. Um, and, Really, it's like, again, Drake London, very inconsistent. Desmond Ritter not getting it done. He had one touchdown week two, zero points in week one, and five in week three. So go with the veteran Chark, with the veteran QB, and they seem to be linking up. Uh, And last but not least, uh, Kelly's curious, uh, any interest in selling high on Justin Jefferson with the Kirk Cousins trade talks? uh, Oh, my. You know what? If, If you're thinking of that, Never hurts to field offers, right? Never hurt. Say, hey, I might be considering trading Justin Jefferson. You'll get offers. See what you get. Maybe, maybe there's something nuts. Maybe you know you get something really special back, and and it works. Depends on the league too. Are we talking? You know, is this dynasty? Is this redraft? Are we talking auction dollars or future draft picks? So depends on your league. But never hurts to hear offers. Maybe something blows you away, and if it doesn't. Oh, well, I guess you're stuck with the best wide receiver in football. Could be worse. Uh, Andy, you're the best pal. Uh, Thanks, as always, for your time, man. Enjoy week four. Can't wait to chat with you again next week, buddy. Thanks, bud. Talk to you soon. You're the best. Andy McNamara, another edition of Ask Andy in the books. You can find him on Twitter at AndyMC81. If you missed getting in a question in for Andy, uh, he's kind enough to give you his time on Twitter. If you uh, go there, make sure you use the hashtag AskAndy. Andy, we have some breaking news coming down in Calgary. If you haven't uh, jumped on Twitter recently, it sounds as though the Flames and Michael Backlund are approaching uh, a new two-year contract for Backlund at a $4.5 million AAV that's coming from multiple NHL insiders, including Elliot Friedman and our own Pat Steinberg. Uh, obviously, sure feels as though the next logical step once that contract is finalized will be to give the captaincy to Michael Backlund as well. So that news just coming down as we are finishing up with Andy, the Calgary Flames, and Michael Backlund approaching 
uh, an agreement on a two-year contract with a $4.5 million AAV attached. That coming from Pat Steinberg, Elliot Friedman, and multiple NHL insiders. Of course, once that uh, or if that news goes official today, we will let you know about it. But that's the uh, the big news in Calgary right now. Ahead of their game against the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Sure sounds like the Flames and Backlund. Very close to finalizing a two-year contract extension for Michael Backlund to remain in Calgary. When we take a, or take a break, we'll come back on the other side. We'll keep you up to date on the Backlund news as it continues to file in. But we'll take a look at tonight's opposition. It's the Winnipeg Jets who will be in Calgary for the home opener on October 11th. Marat Atesh joins us. He covers the Jets for The Athletic. He's next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.